0: For the communion meditation, if you would turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Many different facets of the Gospel that the Lord's Table symbolizes to us, and I think it's good to remind ourselves of those from time to time, but this particular one I think encapsulates what's involved in the word redemption, redemption. Ephesians 1, 7 through 8. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence." Several things about redemption here, and the first thing I want to point out is we need it. (laughs) We need salvation, obviously, we need forgiveness of sins, we need grace, and we don't just need a little bit, but as he words it here, uh, we need the riches of His grace. We need redemption. The Greek word for redemption means to purchase a slave out of a slave market. Now, most people in America don't think of themselves as slaves, and so automatically they would not think of themselves in need of redemption, and that was actually true in the time of Christ. The Pharisees said, we're not slaves, we don't need any redemption, and uh, so they could not appreciate the gospel. But when you realize that by nature we are slaves to sin, then we grow to appreciate the redemption that we have in Christ Jesus, who wants us to be completely freed from Satan, from the world, from, from sin. Uh, years ago, I uh, read uh, the a true story of a beautiful young girl who was being sold on the slave market and uh, there was this man who was known to be quite the lecher who was bidding for her, and there was a stranger there who kept bidding him up, and finally this guy gave up and went away. And when the stranger had uh, uh, taken the the slave out of the slave market, he told her that she was free to go, uh, that he didn't need her as a slave. The only reason he was bidding for her is so that that man would not get her. And initially, she was just stunned, and then she fell to the ground and in tears said, please, I want to be your slave. I want to serve a master who is kind like you. And, um, and uh, so she, she did. And uh, for, for us, I think we need to value our redemption like she did. She understood what she was redeemed from. She had already experienced quite a bit of uh, cruelty from previous masters and uh, could just imagine the cruelty that she was going to be getting. And she came to appreciate, not just because of the kindness he showed, but because she understood her need. And the more we understand our need, the more we will appreciate the gospel. In Luke 7, verse 47, <clears throat> Jesus said that the one who was forgiven little will love little, and the one who was forgiven much loves much. Now, he's not saying some of you don't have much to be forgiven of he's just saying when you recognize how much you have been saved from you will love all the more uh, in the last century one of my favorite theologians was uh, J. Gresham Machen and he told the people who were always talking about we need more gospel because look at all of the lost people he said actually what we need more of is a preaching of the law Without the preaching of the law, you don't even sense your need of the gospel. And uh, people who do not know the depths of the law's claims tend toward legalism, he points out. Why do we have legalism everywhere? Is because people don't understand the law of God and its incredible claims and how far short they fall of those claims. We appreciate the gospel when we see our need. Second, the purchaser of our redemption is Jesus. There is no other Redeemer. We tend to look to man to solve our problems. But uh, Christ alone is sufficient. So verse 7 says, In Him we have redemption. And the Him refers to the Beloved of verse 6. So the one whom the Father bestowed His intense love upon throughout all of eternity is the one He sets before our eyes for us to love. And um, as you come to the Lord's table... Uh, Tell him that he is your beloved. You are so grateful to him for the redemption that he has accomplished. The third thing that we see is the objects of redemption. That's the word we in that verse. Christ's purpose in coming into the world was to redeem us to himself and to the Father's glory. And Titus adds that he redeemed us to be his own special people. Uh, That word always blew me away when I looked at special people. How in the world could I be special? You look at Jacob's sons, and um, they weren't too special. (laughs) Uh, They were pretty, I mean, Joseph was pretty cool, and Benjamin perhaps, but uh, some of these sons really had such character flaws. You, in many ways, would be astounded that they were Christians, and yet God saved them. And, he, you know, two of the sons, Jacob, cursed. He did not like them. But God said, you are special. In fact, how special were they? He symbolized their specialness by naming each one of the sons. You know the precious jewels that were on the high priest's breastplate? Twelve of those were named after each of these twelve sons. They were a special people. Now, that itself ought to blow us away. That if God can take me, a sinner, Somebody who's blown it so many times and say, you are special to me. It makes us come to the Lord's table and appreciate the Lord that much more. And then fourth, the fact of redemption. This is something we tend to forget. It says, in him we have redemption. Doesn't say we hope for it doesn't say that, you know, we got to add, like the Roman Catholics, they have the merit of the saints and the merit of Mary and all kinds of things that have to be added. No, no, no. It's an accomplished fact. We have redemption. When Jesus on the cross cried, it is finished, he used the Greek word tetelestai, which was an accounting term that meant the debt was completely paid for. And if we think that we have something more that we need to do, we're denying the aspect of redemption. It's an accomplished fact. We do not need to add to it to feel we can't be forgiven unless we cringe, unless we are miserable for three hours, unless we beat up on ourselves. No, we need to realize, Lord, I accept the fact. You've paid it all. Fifth, the price of redemption is in the next words, in his blood. The blood of Christ is at the very heart of Christianity. And uh, nothing but the blood is sufficient. And when we remove the blood from our hymns, which many churches have done, because it seems gross, and we remove it from our prayers and from our speech and from what we glory in, we have substituted a different religion. There is no Christianity without the blood. Uh, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins, uh, it says in the Scripture. And so God's justice requires death, And every communion, we glory in the fact that Jesus shed his blood for our redemption. It came at an incredible cost. Six, the results are the forgiveness of sins and everything else that flows from a restored relationship. Now, when Satan tries to discourage you, you sinned and you ask for forgiveness, but you have doubts because Satan, you know, first of all, he'll tempt you to sin and then immediately these demons will try to beat up on you. Why are you such a dirty, rotten sinner? God doesn't care for you. You need to immediately say, yes, of course, I'm a sinner. Don't deny that you're a sinner. But affirm, I am a forgiven sinner. So you may have sinned this past week, and you need to claim his forgiveness and receive his assurance in this meal. And then lastly, the sufficiency of redemption is found in the words, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us Uh, an entire sermon could be given on that little phrase there the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us he didn't just barely save us and then leave us to fend for ourselves Uh, he is a good master who has promised to provide for us everything that we need for life and godliness so take comfort in that uh, pledge father god we come to you in the strong name of jesus and we're so thankful for that redemption that you have given And uh, we pray that as we come to this table, we would do so uh, with a a deeper and a richer appreciation for what we have, that we would not take our salvation for granted. We pray, Father, for uh, each one in this congregation to have the faith to more and more claim the fruit of that redemption that was accomplished. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.